0: This is another interview brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net.
1: Uh, this is Seth Hill, game director on Batman Arkham Asylum.
2: Hi, this is Libra Mayo. Hi, I'm Brandon Vietti, director of Under the Red Hood.
3: Hi, this is Gail Simone.
2: Hi, this is
1: James Tucker. Hey, Hi, I'm Dan Jurgens. Hi, this is Bruce Tim. This is Michael Jelinek from The Brave and the
4: Bold. Hi, this is Andrea Romano. Hi, my name's Dan De
5: Hi, my name's Claiborne Moore with the CS Moore Studio.
4: Hi, this is Jim Lee. This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, it's Sean DiMaggio. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Interviews. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I'm bringing you the interviews from San Diego Comic-Con 2010. You may be thinking to yourself, what could we possibly have covered at San Diego in 2010 since there wasn't a major movie, there wasn't a major video game? Well, quite the contrary. Obviously, Batman Brave and the Bold was still present. We had Batman Under the Red Hood about to release a couple days after Comic-Con. So there's a bunch of different things that we were covering. But the very first thing was on Thursday when we had some press time. To talk with three different people about a movie that was coming out about the basically the history of DC Comics, and it was called Secret Origin, The History of DC Comics. So let's uh, take a listen to the very first interview, which was done by the producer for the film, Gregory Novak.
6: Hi guys, this is Apple from the TheBatmanUniverse.net and I am here with Gregory Novak. Gregory, mm-hmm. so now the DC 75th anniversary film that we're going to be watching tonight. Yep. Can you talk about your involvement with that?
7: Yeah, well this one actually I produced and uh, I'm a producer on it and we, it, the 75th anniversary was coming up and we had to want to do something big. There's a lot to talk about with DC. We thought, well, let's, let's get some great filmmakers in here and let's do a documentary. Let's talk about this. So we got Jeff Blitz and Matt Carter. They're the guys that um, did Spellbound, which was nominated for an Oscar a couple of years ago. Um, and they've just done this amazing job of telling stories that I, even I think the most ardent, you know, hardcore fanboys may not have heard. You know, like I think, you know, even if you're the hardest core fanboy, you know everything, you know, you'll have heard 80% of it, but there's 20% you will be like, wow, that's, I didn't know that. we have got some great footage. In there and fantastic interviews with like, you know, the, the old guy like Joe Kubert and Erwin Hazen to, you know, Mark you know, current guys like Mark Wade and Jeff Johns and Jim Lee and, you know, of course Denny O'Neill and Mark so it's just a really great um, collection of stories. It's only eighty eight minutes, so we can, don't we don't get every year of the seventy five years, but I think we hit on some really interesting points and there's a really great narrative and I'm really excited about it.
6: Well we're really excited for it to come out and of course we'll be receiving it somewhere around November ninth on D V D so that way fans
7: Blu ray and download and wherever else you can buy. It. <laughs> itunes where we're at. <laughs>
6: but I also want to talk to you. We always mention your name on the podcast yeah. and they want to know about Gregory. So can you go ahead and let fans know your involvement with, you know, W B and the D C
7: entertainment sure. side too? Yeah, well, you know, I, I work at D C comics. I'm the senior vice president of Creative Affairs. I work with all the movie and T V and animated stuff, so you know, um, uh, Watchmen, and you know, on the, on the feature side, you know, we have a movie called Red coming out with Summit on October 15th, which just did a huge panel here today with Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, John Malkovich. Richard Dreyfuss, and that's that's going to be a real real kick-ass movie, and uh, and then we you know and I work with all the animated stuff as well, so we have Under the Red Hood, which is premiering tomorrow, uh, which is just I think might be the one of the best ones we've done. We have Superman Batman Apocalypse, which is sort of the Michael Turner Jeff Loeb run on Superman Batman. Um, We have uh, you know Brave and the Bold coming back, so it's just a really really busy time for all of us. Obviously Green Lantern.
6: Right. And Batman is always, of course, we know, we're the b- biggest sellers out there. Any future projects within the animations for Batman?
7: Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to think which ones. It. Well, obviously Under the Red Hood, which comes out uh, soon. Uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday on download and then on the 27th for purchase. Um, and then I think there's stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> but here's what I can say. Here's what I can say. is If you're a Batman fan, you're not going to be starving for Batman. But I think it's be you.
6: You heard it from Gregory. We're not going to be starving. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gregory, we always thank you. You always treat us well. And thanks for coming by and I'm visiting, visiting with us. Thank you, thank you, thank
7: you. Enjoy <laughs> the movies. Buy them all. Enjoy them. Let him know if you don't like them. Don't talk to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So then after that interview, also talking about the secret origin history of DC Comics was none other than the legendary Denny O'Neill.
6: Hi, guys. This is Apple with the BatmanUniverse.net. And look who I'm standing next to, our icon, Denny O'Neill from DC Comics. Denny, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Well, I'm glad we were able to catch up with you for this DC anniversary. We're we're totally excited for it. And to be standing here next to you while we grew up with kids with comics is just a joy purely for us.
3: God, make me feel ancient.
6: Go ahead. So, if you can, just talk a little bit about the the documentary that's coming up and, of course, anything that involves Batman is great with us.
3: Uh, I haven't seen the documentary. I I have it on very good authority that I'm in it, largely apologizing for my uh, run on Wonder Woman. Uh, And I've written... Oh, a couple of Batman things over the last five years, but mainly I'm in the very pleasant position of being a fan. DC sends me hundreds of comic books, and uh, I I can can react to them like a reader instead of uh, putting on my professional hat and uh, being a critic or an editor type. Uh, It is always pleasurable for me to revisit those characters. I've done two comic books in the last two years and uh, about three novels. And, um, yeah, I, it, it's always a nice job to get be asked to do. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to write several a month anymore <laughs> and I can actually, like, spend 10 minutes thinking about the story but Batman was so much a part of my life for so long and that's partially because I found him a wonderful tool for telling stories almost more than any character I've ever worked with and that hasn't changed he has evolved he has matured he has to evolve and mature but um, I, th- I think I have no quarrel with anything that uh, anybody has done since I've kind of uh, tiptoed out of the, the bat office <laughs> and uh, caught a train back to Nyack.
6: <laughs> well I think a lot of people say that you're actually responsible for that serious
3: turn back to Batman being serious. Yeah uh, I I've heard that and I guess I won't quarrel with it. I didn't, wasn't thinking about it much at the time. Uh, they, the, the character had been sort of Following in the footsteps of the TV show, which was basically comedic. Not everybody saw it as that, but if, if you look at it now, it's clear that they were going for the laughs. I think that's a perfectly valid interpretation Batman as comedian. However, I don't think many of the comic book people quite got camp. It was not their kind of humor, it certainly wasn't my kind of humor. And then when camp was over, boy, it was over. It was like somebody turned on a light. And Julie Schwartz came and said, "Um, well, we're obviously still going to continue publishing Batman. Uh, What do you got? Which is the way avuncular old Julie would talk to me. And I went home and thought about it. And this is what I thought we did, Neil and Julie and I. I thought we took the character back to where uh, Bill Finger and Bob Kane started and then added what the world had learned about telling comic book stories in the ensuing 25 years. Then when I actually had occasion to go back and read all that stuff when I took over editing the line in 86, I realized that everything we did was implicit from the the fifth story on, but not very much center stage. So it it was a case of having not exactly a false memory, but not exactly an accurate one, either. I mean, certainly, by the time Robin came along, the the dark, uh, obsessive nature of the character was not emphasized anymore, and then it made occasional reappearances and was gone for years at a time. So, it's, it's a question of Neil and I w- thinking we remembered what it ought to have been. And as I said, uh, none of what we did would have happened without uh, Bill Finger's original origin story. Everything we did was there, just not emphasized. Right. And of course, I mean, we
6: always educate Batman, uh, Batman followers about Bill Finger and Bob Kane's relationship and Bill Finger writing mostly everything that we know about the Batman, like Batcave
3: Batmobiles Oops. and what he did. The researchers seem to have, have uncovered that, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a historian, but I, I trust some of the people have written on that subject.
6: Well, Denny, thank you for your time. You're an icon and you're loved by us, and we're just glad that we're able to be here and get to know you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: After Denny O'Neill, we wrap up our secret origin interviews with an interview with none other than the newly promoted co-publisher of DC Comics, Jim Lee
6: hi guys this is Apple from the batmanuniverse.net and we're here with the man Jim Lee now Jim on DC 75th anniversary document I hear there's some interesting things documents that you shared within the video
5: yeah uh,
1: some personal stories Uh, I I actually had uh, an old Justice League uh, comic book Uh, it was I think issue 115 it's back when you get like 60 pages for a, a, a dollar and uh, it was the original copy I had as a kid, and it literally is taped uh, you know, the cover's still, it's taped to the uh, comic book with masking tape, and uh, there are crossword puzzles inside, and I, you know, kind of half-finished all of them, and it was just really uh, an artifact from my past, and when I was a huge DC fan, and how I spent my days, like, really just... Re- rereading these books till literally the covers came off, and uh, doing all the little puzzles inside. Not even, you know, back then I didn't even know that comics were worth anything. So I was just writing, you know, names and and character names in the in the margins of the pages and stuff like that. And just really talking about my personal history with DC Comics. And later, when I sold Wildstorm to DC, kind of the early history with that. And uh, we talked a little bit about Batman too, just sort of obviously associated with the character because of my runs on Batman Hush, and All Star Batman and Robin. But just really talking about how. Interesting, his his rogues gallery is. I mean, it's uh, you know when you think about the Joker and Penguin. I mean, these are all kind of like corny names, but they took these like corny names and these personas, and they could have gone completely campy with them, but instead they've become these sort of not gritty but very kind of dramatic, heavy villains, and some of the best known villains in the world, actually
6: right now I know for the modern age for DC fans I mean we've all become man Jim Lee you know he's working for DC and that makes us very proud with Batman within the history of DC Comics I mean that that leaves something special to you right well,
1: Absolutely. you know as a creator there's uh, no greater challenge than kind of entering the you know the octagon you know it 's like all these creators, all these amazing writers and artists uh, preceded you on batman it 's probably one of the greatest collaborative creations in the history of fiction and uh, you know all the way going back to Bob Kane and you Frank miller and, and Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and uh, all these great talents and uh, you know here you are you stepping up to the plate and you 're kind of showing what you got and uh, you know it's daunting but at the same time uh really fun to be able to kind of do your take on these timeless characters? Right, and I think you did step up, Jim. Thank <laughs> you. I, I, you know, it, uh, there are times, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I occasionally see the books as people bring them up to be signed, and I'll kind of flip through, and every issue has stuff where I just go, "Oh, it makes me cringe," like looking at some of the mistakes I drew. And but there's all, you know, it's a uh, um, it's it's always a challenge. You just never know uh, as you're drawing when you're drawing, like how. Good or bad it is because you're kind of blind to the fact that you just kind of you know when you create something you just kind of think it's awesome because you created it but you really are blind to the fact
6: that it could be awful and you won't know until after the book's published right awesome jim well i'm glad we were able to catch up with you for this event and it's something special for not only batman fans but dc fans as well okay all right, great. thank you all thanks right, for your time you man did. all right
0: also on thursday we had a chance to catch up with chip kid who you may know as the author of batmanga and Batman collected, But we were more interested in an announcement that he made October of 2009 when he said that he was gonna be working on a Batman series for DC Comics. We wanted to know a little bit more about that. So not only do we interview Chip Kidd, but we also had the debut of our new interviewer, Josh, which everyone knows Josh, but this is the first time he's done an interview. So let's see how he fares with Chip Kidd.
8: Hi, I'm Josh with uh, TheBatmanUniverse.net. Uh, having fun at Comic-Con? Oh yes, of course. That's, that's what we're here for. Now, as you heard me mention, TheBatmanUniverse.net, you're no stranger to the Batman yourself. You've written books like Batmanga, Batman Animated, and Batman Collecting. What's the process in making one of these books, the research involved uh, from pitch to publishing? Well, um,
9: it, it, it differs with each book, like the most recent one was Batmanga, The Secret History of Batman in Japan and that that was as mu- much of an act of research as it was design and compilation because um, DC comics actually didn't have any of that material in their, in their archives so I had to sort of find it for them with uh, another collector named Saul Ferris. But I, once we had enough stuff put together for a proposal, I um, I usually do a very what I would call tight visual proposal of at least like forty to fifty pages because a lot of these books are sort of hard to explain in the abstract. Um, it's like I want to do a book on Batman in Japan in 1966. It's like, well, what does that mean? Uh, and then you you know you show them the proposal and say it it means this and and
8: and so then they looked at it and like oh okay we get it so it's it's you know it all depends during the research for these books have you discovered anything about Batman that you haven't known before anything surprising well um, I mean not to go back to bat manga again
9: but like that entire book was about discovering like to me it was it was like being a Beatles fan and and finding the lost Beatles album that you know was only released in Japan very limited in the 60s or something like that like that whole book was an act of discovery um, and I'm constantly being made aware of uh, collectibles and ephemera from the 40s, 50s, 60s, up through you know the 70s and today that I didn't really know existed. It's amazing how much stuff people continue to find
8: and dig up. What is it about the character of Batman that keeps you coming back for more books? Well, it's probably the same thing that keeps
9: people coming to the movie theater or buying video games or whatever it's just it's sort of a general kind of fascination with the character for me as a designer I think uh, he's probably one of the most iconically designed characters um, of, of all I mean frankly you know if you look at the design of Wolverine there's definitely some Batman there um, in terms of the mask and all of that.
8: I, I just, you know, generally find it very appealing. Will there be any more books in the vein of Batmanga, Batman Animated that you'll be working on in the future?
9: Uh, n- well, nothing official yet. I've, you know, I've, there's definitely enough material for a second Batmanga book and um, given enough time I think that will happen. Um, and that would be as big as the other one and then then you'd have it all that would be like everything that they did and I am writing a long-form Batman graphic novel for DC Comics which for me is a first Um, and there's the the script is all done and it's being drawn now but um, it hasn't really been officially solicited thank you um, and we're not going to do that until it's going it's two issues of 46 pages so um, once we have the entire first issue then I think they'll make it they'll make an announcement but that that's up to DC comics it's not up to me but that's been
8: a very thrilling thing to do. Can you tell us anything uh, about the graphic novel, uh, plot, or what's going to be going on?
9: Well, um, I'm not really supposed to, and I can understand that. Um, but it's, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a purist, so I, I'm not, it, it was an interesting problem for me to solve as as much as I know, like, like what's the Batman story? That I want, always wanted to see and haven't seen yet. So that was really the the problem for me to solve. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, I'm trying to reinvent it or anything like that. I'm not. I'm I'm trying to almost do the opposite. Like really be as absolutely true to the original spirit of Batman as I think I can.
8: Mr. Kidd, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be looking forward uh, to those
0: comics. uh. So how do you think Josh fared? Well, let's just say he probably needs just a little bit more time in interview school. But moving along. On Friday, we were met with a number of different audio issues. So even though we had tons of interviews that we conducted, we had all kinds of problems when we were in the editing phase trying to get them posted. But we were able to salvage a number of different interviews. So... The first one we've got is from the Batman Brave and the Bold press time, and it's with James Tucker, one of the producers from Batman Brave and the Bold.
6: Hi, this is Apple from the BatmanUniverse.net, and I am here with our good friend James Tucker. James, how are you doing? I'm
10: doing great. I'm in a great con. Uh, Just had a really good panel, and um, life is good.
6: Well, as we heard right now from, for Batman fans, the Batman Brave in the Bold is coming down to its last 13 seasons, well, last 13 episodes, so how does that make you feel?
10: Well, um, you know, if we had ended at 52, um, I would have been bummed, but as it is, we're doing 65, and, and people won't see that final episode for years, I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of episodes in the can. This will add 13 more to it, so the show's going to be on the air for a long time, and I don't want people to assume that it's just going to be cut off like tomorrow. Um, so by the time the the rest of the episodes run out, you'll be sick of us, so you'll you'll say it's time <laughs> to go. But um, no, um, uh, you know, I think it's a good strong run. I'd rather go out on top than for people to take it. You know, feel like they taken us for granted that they didn't care so um, I think if we go out on the top of our game that's good
6: you know James we we always tell fans and of course from last year we're in the same place where we were we interviewed you last year and fans know as we explain to them that you're the comic book guy just like us sure, you sure, care about the comics yeah. you care about the characters now uh, there was a little mention about future maybe Batman project that you're gonna be on can you talk a little bit about it
10: well I, again I wasn't expecting that to be announced uh, at the panel um, I am working on developing a new Batman series Um, I guess I can say it's gonna be in CGI so so I'm learning all the ropes about that so it's really too early to say all I can say is it's gonna be radically different in tone than Batman Brave and the Bold but because it's me it will be true to bat fans I don't think any bat fan will be disappointed with what we do and um, it's gonna have everything you love about Batman and it'll be a Batman show you haven't seen before so and And I mean that thematically and creatively it won't feel like you've been there done that so
6: you know we always trust ourselves in your hands James and I mean you're a comic book geeker just like we are and we we love you and we appreciate you for everything that you do for Batman and we're glad for that you're on this next project and we continue and we hope the best for you for this project
10: thank you thank you yeah they I almost didn't want to do it but then no, yes. Some, someone said, and I mean, not to toot my own, but this is just someone said, well, do you want someone else to do it bad? And I went, hmm, no. Oh. So,
6: and you I know la- we went to the blogs on that one if you would have left.
10: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they'll, it's not like there aren't other guys who could do it, but they're busy. So, uh, <laughs> so hey, I'm here, and, uh, you know, I'll do it justice, so.
6: Well, you're loved by us, James, and we're always glad, you know, that we can call you a friend to our side. Friend of the bad people, yes. (laughs) Now, thank you. Thank you. Friend
0: of the bad people. Hmm. Well, anyway, the next interview we have is with Greg Wiseman and Brandon Vietti, who are the producers for the new show, Young Justice, that was not only announced, but also we got a little bit of a clip. So let's uh, listen to this one.
6: Hi guys, this is Apple from the TheBatmanUniverse.net and I am here with Vietti and Weissman, the guys behind Young Justice. How are you doing today, guys? Great, thanks. Really good. Yeah. Now we got a preview of Young Justice and some of the characters that are going to be in it, and I heard that you're going to have a lot of things to do with Batman in it, correct?
2: That's true. Batman does have a big role in the series. Uh, he'll be sort of handing out missions to the team. And uh, sort of watching over them a little bit, from but from the shadows, as Batman would do, right? Uh, yeah, he doesn't actually go out on the missions with them. Uh, that this, this show is all about uh, a team of young superheroes who are taking their first steps, sort of, into adulthood and into being their own uh, superheroes, as opposed to being sidekicks.
6: Yeah, no, we saw some of those character designs. Those were very cool. What did you think about them? I I love the designs.
5: Our character designer is Phil Barassa, who did the designs for uh, the the Crisis uh, DVD that came out just a little while ago but he's started from scratch and and just done a new take even on his own style and and I just these designs knock me out I mean just I love them
6: I love it y'all even showed us a a preview a small video of it and with me and Dustin we're just blown away we're like oh look at Batman that looks so tight but of course we see Batman in every form we just say that all the time but your guys episode actually really looks cool and the cool thing that y'all pointed out was about Robin and his age and his leadership can you talk a little bit more about
2: that sure well Robin's the the youngest on the team at at 13 Uh, but ironically the most experienced even though he's he's with kids that are a little older than him Uh, but you know he's having a good time being Robin uh, while he's probably got the the experience to lead it's just it's not really on his agenda you know it's not on his mind I think to lead this team so he's he's a, a great strategist and a, a great brain in, in, in terms of uh, you know computer technology he's sort of the, the hacker of the team but he's just not uh, he's not taking the reins yet of the team So our leader is actually Aqualad
6: Aqua That was very interesting. I know y'all based it in Earth 16, which, of course, you know, as DC fans, we're always used to the 52ers. So when y'all based it in Earth 16, y'all mentioned that Aqua Lad's dad was Black Manta, and I was just like, oh, and I don't know if y'all heard the chair crank because that was me. <laughs> what, do what do y'all think about that?
5: Well, we think it's really cool, and that came from uh, Jeff Johns himself. And, uh, you know, when Jeff said to me, I want you to reveal at the panel that Aqualad's dad is Black Manta, I'm like, really? You want us to tell that? (laughs) Um, He's like, yeah, you you tell him. And so we're like, great. So we, you know, we revealed that secret. But uh, even though we're on Earth 16, Aqualad's dad is Black Manta across the whole multiverse. So that'll be true in the
6: comics, too. Awesome and I, I love how more and more of the cartoons always go back to the comic books you know because it makes us comic book fans reassure that you know what we read gets put out on the, on the cartoons or anime whatever version that we see and even in the big screen but now uh, Young Justice is going to be coming out this fall correct?
2: Yeah we're hoping November we don't have a firm air date yet but uh, yeah we're, we're hoping November.
6: And it, it looked awesome i can 't wait for it, and what do y'all hope that to uh, for Batman fans what they can look forward to
2: well th- there 's a lot of Batman in the
5: show we 've got Bruce Greenwood doing the voice of Batman who played the part in under the Red Hood, um, and we just think he 's great and um, uh, he's uh, like I said you know he 's sort of their general. You know um, he's putting a lot of expectation on them, but we also see Batman in action, um, not every episode, but we see him in action quite a bit. Obviously, Robin is one of our six leads, so he 's in there quite a bit but Batman is you know he's head of the justice league and he's he's the boss of this team, young justice so um, he's a major player in this show and we've got Batman villains in there, and we've got um, you know a- including just as an example mr. freeze and uh, and others too that I just don't want to give away right now. Um, but you got Batman, you got Robin, and we got a few other surprises from the Bat corner of the DC universe as well. So, uh,
6: any obscure characters? Uh, yes.
5: <laughs> I mean, I think one of our leads is fairly obscure. I think uh, um, Artemis is somewhat obscure. She's an existing DC universe character, but um, I don't know that anyone's sort of figured out who she is exactly. We didn't make her up, though. Um, uh, and she's not Arrowhead, she's not Wonder Girl, she's not Speedy, but she is an
6: existing DC Universe character. I think it looks great, guys, and for our fans, I know we're going to back you guys, and we wish you all the best on the show, and hopefully we can be here doing this for another ten years.
2: so, <laughs> too. We hope so, too. I <laughs> I'd like to have a job for a period
5: of time. Good. Yeah, well, me and Dustin will always be here every year for you guys. Well, great, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you. All right, so that was all we had that we were able to salvage from Batman Brave and the Bold. But later in the day on Friday, we had a press time for the Batman Under the Red Hood film that was coming out only a couple days after Comic-Con. And we were able to talk with not only the writer of the film, but also the writer of the original story that appeared in the comics, Judd Winnick.
6: Hi, this is Apple from the BatmanUniverse.net, and I am right here with writer, Judd Winnie. Judd, how you doing? I'm doing well. Now, Batman Underneath the Red Hood. Yeah. Now, it's, you know, it's kind of whoa that is made into uh, animation film, especially for hardcore Batman fans. What do you think about it being turned into a film? Oh, I'm thrilled. I mean, I was, it was all born out of I saw The
11: Dark Knight, Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight, and that's why I went to Warner Premiere and said, I think we can do something not to match up, but in the vein, something that captures the melodrama, the action, something that really will get to people. And uh, thankfully, they went for it. It was like one of the most fun and easiest pitches I had, because um, they got it and ran with it. Um, I'm just excited that, you know, took two years worth of comic book story and we boiled it down to its bare essence, and it just cooks. We just took the good parts, you know, and it is this big old nasty action fest,
6: and it's a weeper. It's a weeper. It's uh, (laughs) It's not going to make a big guy like me cry. It will. (laughs) It so will. (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to it because I have ties to this. And especially from being a comic book fan from when I was a kid, I'm one of the ones responsible for killing Jason Todd. I called in and I did it. I was proud of it. And then all of a sudden, Jason's coming back. (laughs) So, what do you so, think about, about
11: that? <laughs> I apologize for that. Well, the, the truth was, it was years back when I first pitched the idea. Um, well, I, th- I first thought of it, and it wasn't my idea. Uh, in uh, Jeff Loeb's and Jim Lee's Hush, at one point they reveal Hush to be Jason Todd. And like everybody else, I'm reading it. I mean, I'm a comic writer at the time, but I'm reading it like everybody else. There's that page turn, and it's Jason Todd. It's like, oh, man! And I just saw the story, like a hundred miles of bad road, what it's going to be, where they're going to go, and how horrible it is, and like his worst mistake has come back to haunt him and taking off. He's been just messing with him, and then the next issue turns out to be Clayface. And like, oh, okay, that was a big surprise. It's like the Jason Todd thing, so uh, jump ahead a year later, it's my turn and I get to do Batman. It was the first thing I said is, I really want to bring back Jason Todd and let me tell you why. And basically my pitch came down to this last scene that is in the movie, it's the last scene that's in the trade, you know, the last issue of the, uh, uh, the, the, the big confrontation between Jason and Batman and Joker and that's what sold everyone to D.C. and I hope it's what uh, sells you all when you see it because it's, you know, it's a killer, it's a corker and a
6: bit of a weeper. You know, when, when you, I, I, I can only imagine how you pitched this because you must have said you know what I'm going to get on ho- Batman's hearts and just kind of pull and just pull it and ride their hearts like crazy so how is this for you to finally see a work of yours, a body of work put on animation? It is
11: awesome. I mean, I have an animation background, but I do not have this experience of, about what's going to happen you know, in a couple of hours, which is sitting in a room with 5,000 fangirls and fanboys you know, as they watch something that I wrote, you know, and it's Batman, so I am looking forward to it. It's very exciting.
6: Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it and I'm going to the viewing tonight and I'm just like man I can't get rid of Jason Todd <laughs>
11: <laughs> You tried once, but that's it man. You gave it your best
6: effort, you did. I did, I did. But at least you got him as a villain, so I'm I'm okay with that. I love villains. <laughs> <laughs> like a good bad guy, yeah. So thank you for your time and you know Batman fans love you and thank you for all your work that you've done for us. For sure. Thank you. you thank one. you. After talking with the writer of the film, we were able to talk
0: with one of the producers for the film, Bruce Timm. Now, obviously, Bruce Timm has an extensive history within the world of the DC Universe, but uh, he specifically has been working on these DC animated films over the past few years as the producer for all of them since they started. And not only did we want to know about Batman Under the Red Hood, but we also wanted to know about, well, what else can we see from Warner Premiere in the future?
6: Hi, this is Apple from the Batman universe, and I'm here with Bruce Tim again. Bruce, how's it going? Good, good. How uh, the new project, Batman Under the Red Hood, that's a kind of, you know, kind of a pull string at our hearts for Batman fans. What made you bring this project along?
4: Um, well, uh, our, our friends at DC Comics told us that Judd Winnick, who had written the comic, um, was thinking that uh, that we might want to be interested in doing a, uh, an adaptation of it for our, our direct-to-video line and uh, I read the comic and and was a little hesitant because I thought well it was a really good story there was c- certain things that I kinda felt were like I, I couldn't really see how you, c- you could actually do them in in, 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 the, in the scope of a 70-minute movie um, but then uh, we arranged to have a, a pitch meeting with Judd and Judd pitched us the story um, he had already figured out exactly how we would do it as a movie and every single point that I th- Thought was going to be a problem, he'd excise them or work them out. And at the end of his pitch, we all looked at each other and said, "Yeah, that's a gr- that's a movie. Let's do it."
6: So. Yeah, when we first heard about the project, we were like, "Oh, whoa! Underneath the radar is going to be made into an animation. That was something special. I mean, this is something really different." Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, it's uh, on
4: one hand, it's it's a, it's a crime story, it's an action story, like like most Batman stories, but at the same time, it has uh, uh there's a. Batman has a personal stake in the game this time, and uh, without getting, giving anything away, um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it, it, it's got soap opera elements, but it kind of does, it's, it's got, uh, you know, things that are, you know, that deal with him as a person, not just him as a crime fighter, you know, um, that are involved, and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a really strong, dramatic story as well.
6: I know, I know for uh, Batman fans, of course we love everything that you've done for us and I mean everything that you're going to do with uh, any future projects that you have. So anything that's in the works right now that you have?
4: Um, the one thing I can tell you uh, Batman related that, uh, that we've got in the, in the pipeline is uh, we're going to be doing an adaptation of uh, Batman Year One, the Frank Miller and uh, David Mezzicelli novel. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, that's coming out I think late next year. So uh, that's the one that's, uh, that we're working on currently at the moment. I'm gonna
6: go do some cartwheels right now because. As <laughs> I feel, no, I want to ask you a personal question. I called to kill Jason Todd. Should I should I ask DC for my money back? Good question. I have no idea. Cause I feel like I'm, you know, when he started coming back, I just felt, uh, maybe I should give my dad back his 99 cents.
4: You'll you'll get your money's worth out of this movie at least, dude.
6: Yeah, you know what, Tim, you always deliver and we always love what you do, Bruce. So thank you for all you do and Batman fans always support you. Thank you,
0: dude. All right, so that wraps up our Batman Under the Red Hood coverage. And we're almost at the end of this set of interviews from San Diego Comic-Con 2010, but how could we end without getting something about DC Universe online? I had the chance to interview Chris Kale, the game director for the game, and he had a ton of information and quite possibly could be the best interview we got the entire weekend. Let's take a listen. Alright, this is Dustin with the Universe.net, and we have with us Chris Kale, one of the game designers for... DC Universe Online. So tell us a little bit about what Batman fans can expect from the game. We know there's tons. We know there's tons and there's been all kinds of stuff released, but just give us a little hint of what we haven't maybe heard.
12: Well, I mean, it starts with character create, right? You can be inspired by Batman and literally take his powers and skills from the Exobytes, which have given everybody their powers and skills, and sort of get a copy of that. But that's not gonna by any means make you Batman, right? You don't have that aptitude. You have to earn it for yourself. So you're gonna take that inspired by Batman character, and then you're going to go on episodes with Batman and with the cast of the Bat family himself, starting off with facing off against Scarecrow. He's gassing Gotham. Batman wants you to get in there and stop him. Now, that might seem like an awful lot to do at once, but realize Batman's off fighting Brainiac and other challenges, so this is sort of a test for you, right? He's going to be sending you communicator messages and going, hmm, in his very sort of grim and brusque way, right? Hey, how are you doing, kid? Because you're not even Robin yet, right? You just got your powers. You're just on the streets. Then you're going to continue to go through there and face other people right you're gonna face poison ivy you're gonna face mr freeze and each of those you're going to be proving yourself more and more to batman until finally in one of the episodes you're actually going to fight alongside batman against joker right joker is trying to gas in a, a uh, sort of police convention a party and of course crash the party in joker style and so you actually go in there and then batman joins you but that's more of sort of a, a watershed moment where okay i'm cool enough that batman's actually going to you know help me out and fight alongside then you're going to go to sort of more of your Nightwing sort of level, where you're actually going and venturing out on your own, and Batman's more checking in and saying, "Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Right? Are you, where's this going?" Ultimately, you're actually going to go in an episode. And I don't want to spoil it too much, where Batman is going to need your help because of the way the story has turned. It's going to be up to you to actually save the day, right? Help Batman out and actually work with him to defeat the specific story that goes on. So that's sort of your zero to hero journey. With Batman, but your time with Batman doesn't even stop there, right? He's uh, part of the spoiler, and I'll just say a spoiler alert. Let's just say something's gone wrong in the Batcave. It ties into the big story of the game. I don't want to spoil it too much for people, except to say Batman needs help in the Batcave itself. So, as heroes, you'll actually be going into the Batcave with Batman to stop what's gone on there. And you may remember a uh, rather important eye from some place in the past. Let's say it's played itself up again, plus some Brainiac and who knows what sort of madness goes for through. So you're gonna be actually raiding the Batcave with Batman. But if that's not enough Batman for you, remember, you'll also be PvPing and you'll be PvEing, you'll be raiding, doing alerts and doing PvP to earn the ultimate sort of sign of respect from Batman which is the Spectre Batsuit. This is this completely crazy bat Suit of armor that he's made for people who specifically have proven their worth to him. He's made the suits so that you're able to face off against Brainiac and other fantastic challenges and use this gear to your own ends. So that's a whole lot of Batman. Oh, and I forgot, if you pre-order, right, which you have to do before the game comes out, you're gonna be able to actually play as Batman in the Batcave, right, in the simulator, which is where you sort of, in the legend system, can take on Joker, Batman, other people playing Harley, whomever it is, so I think we've got it's safe to say we've got more Batman in more ways than pretty much any other game ever has.
0: I, de- I definitely agree with that. I think everybody should be going out right now, stop and watching the video, get away from the computer screen, and go pre order the game right now. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot.
2: Thanks.
0: All right, so that is going to wrap up our coverage of San Diego Comic Con 2010. I hope you enjoyed those interviews, and trust us when we say not only we'll be back at San Diego next year, but we'll also be covering a bunch of different conventions next year as well and we'll work out the audio issues ahead of time so this is dustin and we'll see you guys next time tune in tomorrow same bat time